Whether you're a casual donut fan or a diehard donut aficionado, the Krispy Creamsters podcast has something for everyone. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we indulge in our passion for all things creamy. Welcome back, fellow Creamsters. On today's episode, we're going to be giving you a little sneak peek into what the Creepy Creamsters podcast is going to be about. So, we hope you enjoy, and without further ado, let's get started. Alright, so the first story, it was good to see an old friend. When I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. I flew into the nearest airport and rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles through an abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the other side of the road flagging me down. Turned out that was one of the guys I had attended school with. Jim gets in the car and we start talking. I had not seen him in 20 years, but he still looked the same, maybe a little bit older. We get to town and I ask him if he wants to come to the reunion and have a drink. He says no, just take me home. Jim's parents had lived only a few blocks from my grandmother's house, and I turned in that direction, but he said to take him to the outskirts of town. There was a mobile home park out there, and I figured that is where he lived. When we reached the end of the turn off, he said, just drop me off here. It was good to see you again, and he walks off into the night. I go to the reunion, met some of my old classmates, we start to talk. As we are talking about who is coming to the reunion, I mention that I had just picked Jim up three miles east of town and had dropped him off. Everyone gets quiet, even the guy singing karaoke. My cousin gets white as a new shirt. Barb. Jim died on that curve eight years ago, rolled his car. We were all at his funeral, I was told. I started to feel really dizzy, and I went out to the car to take some deep breaths. There on the seat is the local newspaper, printed eight years previous, containing Jim's obituary. I still have the paper. Wow. Cole? You don't want me to start this off, man. You always throw it when we throw it to you, bro. Yep, that's why I'm throwing it right to you, Andrew. Alright. I mean, first thoughts. <clears throat> that's crazy. I've heard very similar stories to this before about, like, say, a battlefield or something. You know, people go there and they'll see, like, ghosts or claim that they right, see ghosts, right. you know, things like that. So, it very well could be possible. And just for it to be that interactive, I think that's, I think that's crazy. It makes me wonder what they talked about because he said once he um, picked him up, they started talking. So yeah, and saying that he looked the exact same, which would make sense. Yeah, he said the same, but just a little bit. Ago. Yeah, same, but just a little bit older. Yeah, which he said makes sense. Just want to know, like, how did you not realize that the newspaper was in there sooner? Well, well I think she... apparently it wasn't in there until, or I don't. I, don't I know. think she. I think after being told about it she went and got the newspaper like, no, I think she went to her car and saw the newspaper I, I think well it was already in the car no the newspaper was apparently placed in there once she found out because originally it was him in the car or the ghost mm. spirit of him so she gets to this reunion and they're saying oh wait that guy's been dead so now she goes to the car and the newspaper's in the oh, car with his okay. obituary on it saying well he died 
Yeah, that makes more sense. There's also been instances of that where they'll see that and then. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I wish this could be like fact check. I wish there's more details on the whole newspaper turning up in that car because things don't just come out of nowhere. So, I I do think it's a believable story up until the newspaper part. I think that was put on as like a cherry on top. But I mean, who knows? Maybe that happened. Maybe it didn't. I mean, it could make sense if you're trying to make up the right story. Like say. It's you don't see it at first because this guy just got into your car and he's your old friend, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's it traveled back in time. So as you're driving, you drive to that exact spot where he died. He gets out of the car, and maybe that's when the newspaper just started manifesting back in. Well, where she picked him up from originally was where he died. Where she dropped him off with, we didn't hear why that was significant. No, I thought she dropped him off at the curb. No, I think... Hold up. I thought it was she picked him up from the curb. Here, flagging me down at... Let's see. About three miles outside of town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out that it was one of the guys I had attended school with, Jim, blah, blah, blah. Hold up. So let's see. So we're talking, I mentioned that I had picked up three miles of town, dropped him off, everyone gets quiet. It doesn't really specify. I guess it could be either one where she picked him up or dropped the him part off. Where it was it like, says the end of the turn. They, they yeah, died at, he died at the end of the turn, and that's where he got dropped off. Yeah. So she dropped him off where he died eight years prior. So maybe it was like he was manifesting a time, some... Stupid thing about past times, yeah. and then the newspaper. It was like he was the newspaper, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he was recreating it too. Getting picked up on the side road. Uh, obviously, you know, he probably was driving on that road, not you know hitchhiking like he was in the story. But yeah, he said the way he died is his car it got rolled over. I think that means. He was driving. It was his car. Maybe he got out of the car and it got hit and it rolled over him. I really don't. Because if it, if that, well, that would be my theory, and that would go along with like well, going to the he, past. What I think it means is that he was going around the uh, curve so fast that you know once his car got sideways, it flipped over. Yeah. So if I think that's what it means. Let's see. There's low chances of that. Okay. Like killing you. Rolling. Yeah, oh, that basically is just what I was saying. Where he was going around the corner too fast, and it just his vehicle started to roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I guess that makes sense. But I was thinking about like kind of what Cole said. If you were like doing work underneath the car, and the emergency brake comes off, and then the car well runs you over because some curves are on like a hill. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking something like that. Yeah. But I guess there's our answer. So that was a, that was a pretty good uh, first story out of ten on ten being like something that really shocked me and kind of spooked me and something I would think on, back on. That would probably be just because I've heard stories similar to it and I do like stories that end up like that. I would probably get it, give it a six or seven. Yeah, I'll, but I'll not s- not leaning towards a scary side, but yeah. more of a got my attention. Yeah, more, more of a suspenseful yeah. entertainment suspense. I, I, yeah. I would agree with that. I was also thinking six. Six, 100%. Okay, cool. 
Continuing on with scary stories, this is The Staring Woman. A girl got on a train one night. She sat down opposite to this woman, who was sat between two men. She wasn't too bothered about them, except the fact that the woman seemed to be staring at her, but she couldn't quite see because the woman had her hood up. At the next stop, a man got on the train and sat next to the girl. After about five minutes, the guy whispered to the girl, Get off at the next stop with me. It's important that you trust me. At the next stop, the girl got off the train with the man and watched the train speed by. The man turned to the girl and said, Thank God, I'm a doctor and that woman was dead. The two men beside her were holding her up. Wow. <coughs> okay. And that is a true story, by the way. I... Yeah, see, this is why I would never take the subway. I only eat at subway. I would never take a subway, especially on a New York. Definitely not. I don't feel like public transportation is just good in general. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not clean. It's definitely not safe. You don't let the word public fool you. But uh, that is crazy and uh, sad, to be honest. Uh, hopefully, that doctor reported that and then it just go on about his life. Oh yeah, that woman was dead. But that's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just imagine being there. Like, imagine being that girl, you know. The dead one? No, not the dead one. <laughs> the one that got on the train. Because You wouldn't be imagined Obviously, this is just me inferring, but she sounds like a relatively younger woman, right? So imagine you like just get done with a hard day at college and you're just trying to go home you know so you get on the subway one night and like there's just these two creepy dudes and a woman sitting between them like depending on how close the time spans were whenever she sat down compared to like how long that body was there mm-hmm. that body could have been her <laughs> if yeah. she wouldn't have if that daughter didn't come save her like if there was no like time, it. Ah, damn it! You got this. Goal. Give it a give it a couple of seconds. Someone else talk while I think. Yeah, uh, adding on to what Andrew was saying though, and you, uh, no telling what would have happened if she had gotten on the train sooner. We don't know. That's where, what I was where trying that, to say. Where that woman was killed at, whether it was on the train or before she was placed on the train. Um, there's really no telling. Definitely a sad story to hear. And hopefully that doesn't happen too often. And thinking about the story, you're like, well, how did the woman... Like, it doesn't take a doctor to know when somebody's dead. You know, even if their eyes are wide open look, well, looking at you, it doesn't take a doctor to notice. But apparently this woman wasn't really paying attention to someone supposedly staring at her enough, which, I mean, like I said, it's doesn't take a doctor no one somebody clearly in front of you is not well there um that does remind me of kind of way back 1700s 1800s when i guess it would be 1800s when uh, cameras first were introduced that you uh, was kind of common to take pictures with dead relatives that if somebody had just died you would take a picture with them not necessarily because they just died, but it, like I said, it just wasn't uncommon to take a picture when someone did. A lot of people with their newborns did that, and they just opened. I mean, eyes, they just kept open, and 
they, I guess they hopefully were buried after the picture. <laughs> but some even older people, if you look at uh, pictures of two old people, chances are, if it's from the 1800s, one of them's dead. Um, or children, you know, those pi- uh, those pictures you always see in Cracker Barrel, you never know. They're dead now, but maybe they were dead then, too. <laughs> and I hate thinking about that. That's when I look looking at old pictures like that. But that doesn't directly relate to the story, but it does add on to, I guess, her case that, like I said, it doesn't take a doctor to know when somebody's dead, but you might not be able to get it right off the bat. Because looking at those pictures, they look alive. But they they could have been dead for a week in those pictures. I can see how she wouldn't be able to like right off the bat tell that she's dead. Because <clears throat> I mean, if someone's quote unquote staring at you, you're not gonna want to stare back for too long. More, it would just feel awkward. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of surprised and also glad she didn't try to speak to the woman because then she probably would probably been two women in between those two men. Uh. I would, uh, as far as the rating goes for that story, that was kind of a, a plot twist for me. I wasn't too sure where the story was going um, about the whole staring woman. I kind of figured it was going to be one of those stories where she started seeing this woman every time she closed her eyes or looked in a mirror. She was behind her. Well, a cliche, not a bad cliche in the sense yeah. of not scary, but kind of saw that one coming. So for her to just be dead <laughs> uh, I that was a good story I would probably go 7 or 8 that's crazy I mean it just really shows like what you can miss if you just like don't pay attention to your surroundings mm-hmm. and that's for your rating well that was just also kind of going along with the story but yeah for my rating I'd give that like a 7 I, I really enjoyed it I thought it was a good nice Scary story, especially since it was based on a true story. I'll or give it a. Was a true story. I'll give it a solid six and a half. Just because I want to. Uh, any reason why? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I would go seven or eight. Uh, a high seven for me, really. Yeah. Guess on to the next story. All right, Corey, you're up. Moving on to the third story, Hugging Molly. It's best to stay home when the sun sets in Abbeville, Alabama if you want to avoid Huggin' Molly's chilly embrace. As the legend goes, beginning in the early 1900s, an oversized figure clad in all black began roaming the streets at night looking for unsuspecting victims. Once she fixates on someone, she hugs the person and screams loudly into their ears. Many people have recounted stories of being chased by what they believe was Huggin' Molly. Local parents have even taken advantage of the story to keep their children in line. The town embraces its nighttime warden proudly, calling itself the home of Huggin' Molly. There's even a family-friendly restaurant named after her. Huh. Okay. That's kind of weird, I'll be honest. Like, uh, to name a restaurant after, well, that. So, where did it say it came from? Abbeville, Alabama. No, like, what's her story? Like, Like, what's the name, what's the reason behind her name? Uh, it just says... It, it, she just hugs people and then screams into their ears. And the name Molly? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's just her name. How, how do they know? 
I don't know. They just call it Hugging Molly. It's Alabama. What else do you want from me? I mean, fair enough. But, okay, it's a good story. I just wish it was more backstory to, yeah. like, really understand the origins. Because most of the time, the scary story comes from the beginning, like, the origins. It just says, beginning, like, as the legend goes, beginning in the early 1900s, an oversized figure clad in all black began roaming the streets at night looking for unsuspecting victims. Okay. I just wish... It would have told us like where the name came from. I know hugging. You say it comes from, well, her ghost, whatever spirit, hugging up on people's screaming in their ear. But why? I got no clue. Well, regardless, that's, that is a good story. Uh, I think naming the restaurants a bit much. A family-friendly restaurant, though. Yeah, and everything else. I feel that's a bit extreme unless they know it's like an urban legend so not real but if this is something actually happening i don't think they need to be doing stuff like that but it's a good story i like it i'm gonna say it's probably a low end seven for me but i do like the story if it would have been more origin to it it would have been higher up there yeah and i kind of agree with micah on the same sense so i'd probably give it about a six but in very similar reason I'd probably give it a solid seven, because, I mean, let's be honest here. Someone that just hugs you and then starts screaming into both of your ears, uh, you can't tell me that wouldn't be scary. Oh, most definitely would be scary, but like I said, uh, the reason for the low-end seven is purely because there's just not enough backstory. Well, on to the next story. Okay, so for the fourth story, the title of it is The Girl in the Photograph. This is a story I'm already familiar with, but I wanted to share it with y'all because I think y'all will be able to appreciate it. It does have a really good ending. Alright. The girl in the photograph. One school day, a boy named Tom was sitting in class and doing math. It was six more minutes until after school. As he was doing his homework, something caught his eye. His desk was next to the window, and he turned and looked to the grass outside. It looked like a picture. When school was over, he ran to the spot where he saw it. He ran so fast that no one else could grab it. He picked it up and smiled. It had a picture of the most beautiful girl he had ever seen. She had a dress with tights on and red shoes, and her hand was formed into a peace sign. She was so beautiful he wanted to meet her, so he ran all over the school and asked everyone if they knew her or have ever seen her before. But everyone he asked said no. He was devastated. When he was home, he asked his older sister if she knew the girl, but unfortunately she also said no. It was very late, so Tom walked up the stairs, placed the picture on his bedside table, and went to sleep. In the middle of the night, Tom was awakened by a tap on his window. It was like a nail tapping. He got scared. After the tapping, he heard a giggle. He saw a shadow near his window. So he got out of his bed, walked towards his window, opened it up, and followed the giggling. By the time he reached it, it was gone. The next day, again, he asked his neighbors if they knew her. Everybody said, sorry, no. When his mother came home, he even asked her if she knew her. She said no. He went to his room, placed the picture on his desk, and fell asleep. Once again, he was wakened by tapping. He took the picture and followed the giggling. He walked across the road when suddenly he got hit by a car. 
He was dead, with the picture in his hand. The driver got out of the car and tried to help him, but it was too late. Suddenly, he saw the picture and picked it up. He saw a cute girl holding up three fingers. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this thing just lures kids and gets them killed. So well, I guess kids. She had already had two kills? Yeah. Dang. She's gonna get a victory for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I really like that story. That's one of my favorites that I've ever read. Yeah, and that's a very popular horror story. And for obvious reasons, I think it's a great, great story. So he just stole this picture from the school? Well, he didn't steal it. It was laying outside, and he kind of just found it, you know, find his keepers type thing. Let's keep his losers weepers, gotcha. So I'm guessing that's where the last person had died. So obviously it would have been another kid. Well, there's a lot we could take from it. You, we could say that the previous kid was killed on campus like that. Uh, or not. And clearly it's not a spirit of a little girl. No. Yeah. And obviously it can't be, you know, just targeted to little kids, because the dude that was driving the car that picked up the photo, you know, he's going to be the next victim. I feel like yeah, that's, that's that's he keeps so. it, though, right? No, I feel like I since feel like he found the picture, it's going to be him way to come back, yeah. And uh, the, the other thing with the three fingers, yes, it's most obvious that that means that boy was the third kill or not. Maybe it was just a peace sign she was holding up, and now it's going to become something. I don't believe that's what it is. I do believe that that means that this thing has killed three people. I definitely do believe that. But like I said, there's a lot of ways you can take this story. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember reading that story a couple years back with you. And, I mean, the first time we read it, it just completely threw us off guard. I mean, we read it. And we felt dumb because we just didn't understand what the ending meant. <laughs> we were just like, yeah. three fingers, like, what? But after a little bit of thinking, you know. Just a little bit. That's all it takes sometimes. Yeah. That had actually been the first time I've heard that story, I feel like. From what I remember, at least. Yeah, seeing uh, your face drop when I read out the three fingers, yeah, it showed that that was your first time. I mean, overall, I I was a pretty good story. I'd give it a solid nine. I don't want to go ten yet because I don't know how good the other stories are gonna be. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably change up my rankings once we figure out all the other stories. Andrew, yeah, I do also agree with that. <laughs> Being a very high nine, almost a ten. Um. I mean, I just think it's a great overall story, and this was one of the stories that mainly got me, and I'm pretty sure you two also, like, into kind of the horror scene, so. Yeah, um, I understand y'all saying nine. I'm definitely going to go with ten, and I'll tell you why. Because the other story, the reason it got a seven was because it doesn't have enough backstory, and this one doesn't have backstory, but it makes you really think what is like what's happening but it also gives enough details where you can infer clearly that she was holding up two fingers now that she's holding up three it's because this thing has lured two other people prior to the kid um but you get no backstory on 
where this picture came from, why, mm-hmm. but who the woman is. Yeah, it uh, it also allows you to really think. Like the other story, there just wasn't enough anything. Yeah, yeah. But this one, I'm definitely giving a ten. I would have never saw that ending happening because the first time they referred to the number of pig, uh, fingers that she was holding up was a peace sign. So you don't thinking like two fingers having in any significance other than a peace sign because that's very common for people to hold up taking a picture. Mm-hmm. So you think nothing of it. Um, the first time I read the story, halfway through the story, I had already forgotten about her holding a peace sign because all it kept repeating was that she was an attractive girl and that this boy was trying to find her, talk to her, whatever. Yeah. Um, if they came out with a part two, well, when she goes to hold up that fourth finger, I would like it to give more detail. And uh, what would be really cool if there was a TV show that did short stories like this, and then you could have a part two that would go back on it, or go previous, or even if it was like three episodes each story and then the first episode would start with the main story like that would be then the second one would be what happened after and the third would be what happened before like why it started yeah. I think that would be really cool but like I said 10 but I understand y'all's nines so yeah and I do wish that more horror stories were like that cause it's almost like a puzzle and sorry for the background noise but um it's kind of like a puzzle and it involves the reader, you know. And that's what makes just any kind of literature great is when it involves the reader, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of makes you question things and that's what makes it so great. Great. Alright, on to the next one. Unlike all the previous horror stories we have told, this next famous horror story is a little bit more grotesque. This is Thump, Thump, Drag. A teenage babysitter put the kids she was watching to sleep in their beds and went back downstairs. The late night news was on the TV. The reporter said a psychopath from a local mental institution was on the loose and that police thought he might be in the area. He cautioned residents to lock their doors and windows because this guy was very, very dangerous. Well, the teenager checked the locks on the windows and the doors, but she forgot the door on the cellar bulkhead. Later that night, the children heard some noises downstairs, but thought it was the babysitter moving some furniture around. Then it got real quiet. All they heard for the remainder of the night was this noise. Dum, dum, shh. Dum, dum, shh. Evidently, they were too afraid to get up and see what it was. In the morning, their parents came home and were horrified to find the babysitter at the top of the stairs dead with both arms hacked off at the elbows she'd been climbing the stairs on the bloody stumps of her arms pulling her badly injured body along mm. well I think we know what the <coughs> thump thump drag is all about yeah I mean <laughs> yeah very very grotesque I mean it's not something I'd want to wake up to I don't know, chat. <laughs> you wouldn't want to wake up to your dead babysitter on the stairs. Well, now that you put it that way, I mean. But Whoa, what? <laughs> um, it was pretty. It was a pretty scary story. 
That's what I have to say. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. As a kid, like things like this would terrify me. Oh yeah. Well, I used to because at my old old house, there was a window right next to my bed, and I was twelve ter- window. W i n d o w. Anyways. Ever. <laughs> I was terrified of someone breaking into that window. Like, but you're that not was terrified anymore. No, because there's not a window next to my bed. But you're not terrified of someone breaking in. Not really. I got a gun next to my bed now. Oh! <laughs> someone breaks in, I'm either shooting them or shooting myself. <laughs> Just whichever one comes first. Me. <laughs> what are y'all's thoughts and opinions on the story? <laughs> Finally, get to that question. Yeah, for real. Uh, I thought I thought that was a good story. I, I liked it. Um, I like the kind of twist there at the end. And yeah, as a kid, I never had a babysitter. Um, I didn't either. But that that would just that would suck. Yeah, uh, so, you know, it's not the jolliest and happiest of times when you wake up to find uh, your babysitter at the top of your stairs. Yeah. Or I feel like it's half kind of, of your babysitter, I, mean, I should say. That int- <clears throat> All right. That entrance was kind of cliche, though. What? The news what? reporter says, "Yeah, shut up." Come on, come the news here. reporter says, "Oh, there's some maniac on the loose. Please lock all your doors." And then one of them apparently isn't locked, and then that guy, which I'm assuming is that guy, gets into the house, just chops off this woman's arms, and then runs. Like just where? Where did the? Where did this guy go? Just. He just wanted her arms, I guess. He's probably still in the cellar, and they just didn't want to look there. Would you? I'm throwing a babysitter uh, down there to test it, dog. <laughs> Say, I'm still alive, and then just throw her. Put on a suicide vest. Throw her down there. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Not what you said? No. He just, okay. said, he just suggested we blow up the dead She's body. already dead. You're throwing her body. Okay, well... I'm at least making use of the body. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) boy. I hope not. I want to go ahead and put out my formal verbal resignation (laughs) from this. Overall, I'd give that about a six. Hey, bro. If it was recent, it'd still feel decent, you know what I'm saying? What did you just say? (laughs) What did you just... No. No, you gonna have to take you a break. You just come up with that. I did just come up with that. If I spent the whole two minutes, I wasn't talking, <laughs> thinking about that in my head. Wait, what did you say? If it was recent, it's still decent. That is horrible, bro. That is absolutely <laughs> vile. <laughs> okay, what? If I say if it's on the cl- no, never mind. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say that. Oh my god, we gonna get a lawsuit, bro. Hey, bro, I do not. Consolidate with these people. Con- consolidate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> don't consolidate with these people. Don't yeah. put us in the same bottle, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, but no, I give it a solid six. This was another one of the stories I kind of read a little while ago. Um, that was my first I, time. I give it an eight. I really did enjoy it the first time I read it. Yeah, I would give it a uh, seven, <laughs> seven <laughs> five, maybe eight, maybe eight. <laughs> we can't go what you just did, bro. What did I do? I'm so sorry, listeners. 
What did I do? If you start smelling that through your speakers, I apologize. That was that Micah just. What burnt, are you talking about? He just burnt a hole through his pants, and it almost touched my mic. I don't know what these guys are talking about. This dude just shoved the mic up his butt. I hope you don't have earbuds in because you just got pink eye. Alright, on to your cold story, right? Uh, you didn't even give your. I said it was an 8 or 7.5. I said it was an 8, and you said it was a 6. Yeah, I gave it a 6. Okay, on to the next story. On to one of the last stories of the night the Serency House Ghost in Serency, Georgia. The Serency clan began experiencing paranormal activities in present-day Serency, Georgia in the 1870s. Family members reported witnessing objects soaring across rooms, hearing laughter and crying, and seeing red eyes staring into the house. Food was thrown from their plates and utensils twisted into unusable shapes. The townspeople speculated that these occurrences were cries for help from spirits who thought the family would be able to save them. On the day the family decided to finally leave the house, a fire iron allegedly floated up and started hitting one of the sons on the head. No one was ever brave enough to live in the house again, and the building went up in flames in 1925. So that's like a true paranormal, you know. Yeah, yeah, paranormal. Occurrence, yeah, like, infestation. I mean, effing chat for that poor guy that just got beat up by a fire hydrant. Like, why him? Fire iron. Where'd you get a fire hydrant from? (laughs) That was not a fire hydrant. That was a fire you know the little thing that they poke the firewood with? Oh, dang, why that? That's worse. Yeah, he got hit in the head with it. Yeah, that was just like, boom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so there are theories about this exact house that the... What was the name of the house? It was the Serency House. Oh. Yeah, in Serency. What was the name of the store? Red Eyes goes crazy, too. It's called the Serency House Ghost. Oh, okay. But there were theories about this that the father had been doing, like... Drugs? No, not drugs. We speak. Let the man cook. He'd been doing deals, quote unquote, deals with the devil. Yeah, I don't. No one knows what they were about, but that's it. Just it doesn't make sense that this stuff. This doesn't make sense that um, stuff like that just randomly starts happening in a house. So it started when they moved in, or apparently, yeah, after they moved in. Whenever they moved in. So was it happening before? No, it just... uh, We have no clue, actually. I'm pretty sure it was built for them, then they moved in. So that was a Serency family? Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 cool, cool. It says family members, the townspeople speculated, uh, help from... It was just... There's so many different theories about it. They sound like dumb horror movie characters. Like, why'd they let it get to that point? I mean, there's other stuff that goes on in Serency, Georgia. Like, there's the Serency Ghost Light, where if you go to one of the railroad tracks, you'll see a light, and apparently there will be someone holding a lantern, and if you try and get close to them, they'll just run away. They ain't faster than me. Not they bad. But I feel like for it being a true story, for what we know, I'd give it about an eight. And we also get backstory. Yeah. Okay, eight, that's reasonable. Andrew? Yeah. I'd probably give it 
Because I don't know, I thought it was really good. Just not quite an eight. Giving what I've given eights to in the past. I just thought it was just slightly below that. But I thought it was still a pretty good story, especially since Cole said it was, you know, true. I mean it's around here. Yeah. It's very close. It's in Georgia. Okay. I would give it a six just because, I mean, why that goose got to do that little boy like that? I mean. Hey, what'd the little boy do to the ghost? You ever asked that? No. What if the ghost was just minding his own business one day, and that little boy had that feeling, and he turned around and punched the shower curtain and actually hit the ghost? Thanks, I've done that. Yeah, there's a bunch of different things on this. Like, if you searched up Serenity Ghost House, you'll find... Not only a bunch of people covering this in a podcast, but you'll find Q and A's, just a bunch of websites over it. And didn't they actually turn the actual house into a haunted house? No. Or is it still just like a normal house? Well, considering it burned down, they rebuilt it just recently. Okay. Yeah. Into another mansion. I I forgot about that part. The burnout part. You're good. You're kind of important. So how did it burn down? No one has a clue. It just kind of so not like lightning. Was well, no one really knows, other than the people that did it, of course. Oh, someone burned it down. That's what we're. That's what that's, I'm going to assume. That's the leading theory right now. Is that just someone burned down? Someone committed an act of arson. Yeah, that I feel like that would make the most sense. Let's see. Dang, a child being thrown from a bed and another beaten by unseen hands. John Cena. <laughs> it's the most documented ghost story in American history. Golly. Is that, is that from the Beening, Beening, Benign? Is that? Yeah, Benign. Okay. I've never seen that word in my life. <laughs> You've never seen the word Benign? No. Okay, that's a story for a different time. Alabama. <laughs> Alright, you know what? I thought it was you that said it cool. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Andrew. Let's see. Yeah, the, no one really knows what happened, but so many people are trying to figure it out. Hmm. At the family home of Alan Powell Serency. I wonder what he was doing in his spare time. Probably his wife. Alright, I'm going to let you sit in that silence just for a little bit, Andrew. Uh, yeah. Alrighty, let's get on to the last and final story of tonight. So before we get into the main stories, I would like to give some honorable mentions to these short stories that we almost read on this podcast, but decided on other stories. These are shorter ones, so it shouldn't take much time. This first one doesn't have a name, so I'll go ahead and read it out for you. My mom walked into my room, and I stood behind her and yelled, Boo! She looked frightened and ran out the room crying hysterically. I always do this to her, but I guess it was funnier when I was alive. Oh. Mm. Wow we. I was I was not expecting <laughs> that took quite a turn. Yeah, I love really short stories like that. They kinda oh, just yeah, like the one sentence horror stories. Mm-hmm. Hit you out from the field. What? <laughs> I heard so many different things, and then I finally realized what you said. I heard, hit you out of the field. And that's, that's what I heard. What did you say? He said, I hit, it hit you from left, or what was it, left it field? It hit you from left field. It came out of nowhere. 
it hurts you from left field. Anyways, but yeah, I just love stories like that. And the second story actually is similar. It's a, a little bit longer. And this story is called The Red Wristband. When you are admitted to a hospital, they place on your wrist... What? Okay, sorry. Like I said, the red wristband. When you are admitted to a hospital, they place on your wrist a white wristband with your name on it. But there are other different color wristbands which symbolize other things. The red wristbands are placed on dead people. There was one surgeon who worked a night shift in a school hospital. He had just finished an operation and was on his way down to the basement. He entered the elevator and there was just one other person there. He casually chatted with the woman while the elevator descended. When the elevator door opened, another woman was about to enter when the doctor slammed the closed button and punched the button to the highest floor. Surprised, the woman looked at the doctor with confusion for being rude and asked why he did not let in the other woman. The doctor said, That was the woman I just operated on. She died while I was doing the operation. Didn't you see the red wristband she was wearing? The woman smiled and raised her arm. Something like this. Oh. Buddy, what do you even do at that point? I would knock the shit out of that thing, bro. I'd just shoot myself, quite frankly. Nah, bro. You're in a school hospital, whatever that is. I'd just shoot myself, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) What's your point here? No. Okay. I'm gonna fend my way out of that one. The hopefully. first time, the, the first time I read that, um, I skipped to the ending and I was like, okay, let me see if this is gonna be a good short story. And I got enough details from just that, and I was like, well, one is that a real thing? Is that wristband? I thought they put something on your toes. Yeah. Um. But I read that and I was like, oh my gosh! Like, what do you even do in that situation? Clearly, he lived to tell it. I mean, I'm not saying the ghost would have killed him, yeah. but it's like, I could never work in that scene where there's just so many people that die yeah. every day, yeah. and you have to operate on these people, and sometimes they don't make it, and you take on that burden, and you get paid a lot of money to take it on, but at the end of the day... Is it really worth it? Right. Right. But... Those were the two honorable mentions I had saved for the ending, so. Anything else before we get into our main story? Nothing I can think of. Grab a drink, settle in. Because this last one is going to be a banger. I barely know where. Alright, so hopefully y'all have had enough time to grab that cup of coffee or whatever your preferred drink is because it is time for the main event of the first podcast episode of the Creepy Creamsters. This long story also did not have a name, so after reading it we have decided to call it When It Rains It Pours. This story also has multiple ways you can take it, so please feel free to reply with, well, what you got from the story. Let's begin. And also, if I stumble over a few parts, we're not going to edit it, so just bear with me. I'm going to try my best, but this is a long story that I'm not going to read more than what I have to. Once again, 
Let's begin. I was a substitute. Oh, wow, there they go. Shot in the beginning. All right, big words here. All right, I was a substitute. Wow, sub. <laughs> I'm getting really tired this. here. How do you say this word? Substitute. Substitute. Dang, I sound slow. Substitute. Substitute. It's it's just a, it's a, oh my god. I'm gonna say sub. <laughs> I'm gonna say sub. It's a stupid word. <laughs> I'm gonna say sub. Yeah, just say sub. Alright, that part didn't happen. That was part of plan. <clears throat> I was a sub at a local high school. I had recently graduated from colleges, so this was a side job until I could get a real job. School was canceled today due to an apparent bad weather. I chose that it was a fitting day to watch Netflix horror with my cat Milo up in my room. I had a feeling I was missing something. What could it be? Popcorn. So I headed downstairs telling my cat to wait for me and not to play the movie without me. Whilst I was waiting on my popcorn to finish, a loud rumble that shook the house rang through the empty cabinets. I had no time to think about what it was as my cat had begun to meow loudly. I got my popcorn and turned off the kitchen light, quickly running upstairs, because I'm afraid of the dark. It reminds me that there's a possibility I'm not alone. Once I made it back to the room, I got an overwhelming smell as if a wet dog was in the room. I figured it was Milo who had peed in the litter box. We started the movie, and I had an uneasy feeling, as if there was another presence in the room. I tried to only focus on the movie, but about 30 minutes into the movie, I heard another loud thud. But this time it felt a lot closer, as if it were in the room. It was different from the first Big Bang. This felt more unusual, closer. I built up the courage to throw my feet over the side of the bed and place them shakily on the floor. What happened next sent chills down my spine. I felt a slight breath of air grazed by my foot. I was frozen solid, knowing I had to see what it was. I couldn't move for what felt like minutes as I stood there wide-eyed with chills running up and down my body, allowing me to feel the pulse in my fingers. Then from the downstairs, a loud bang echoed through my house. I dashed out the door with my father's old baseball bat as my only way of defense and stood at the top of the stairs. I paused in my track when I saw a man at the bottom of the staircase soaking wet, staring at me, smiling. I bolted back into my room and called the police. I told them it was of drastic importance that they rushed to my house as there was a man lurking. They told me to stay on the phone with them until the, they arrived. It wasn't long after that I realized that Milo was missing. I hated the thought that she could have run out of the room when I was out. As I went to get off the bed and look around the room for Milo, a noise came from underneath my bed. I was an, As I was bending over to look under the bed with every bit of hope that it was just Milo, something in the back of my head told me otherwise. Milo wasn't under the bed. I knew she wasn't. Seconds later, I was face to face with a man who looked as if he hadn't blinked in days his eyes wide open and with a smile that has engraved a picture into my brain as if it were tattooed onto his face. After that I fainted. Everything was black 
but I could hear machines beeping. It was a steady beep, and I could hear people talking around me. Once I had fully awoken, I realized I was in a hospital, and I saw the police. Calling them over to me, I gave the police my statement, and asked them what happened when they arrived to my house. The police stated that when they arrived, there was no sign of forced entry. They stated that they looked around the whole house and found no one. They questioned my mental stability by saying I was seeing things as I was on edge because of the scary movies. I was sure of what I saw, but nonetheless I was sent back home. I was happy to be greeted by Milo when I arrived, but as I headed upstairs I realized I stepped in something at the bottom of the steps. When I looked back to see what I had stepped in, there, on the ground, casting a reflection of the ceiling above was a puddle of water. I wrote this in my new home, still petrified from what happened that night. Every time I try to sleep, all I see is the face staring back at me. Well, we, what a story. So, uh, if you couldn't tell by that why we named it um, When It Rains It Pours, because what we took from it was that first rumble was the thunder, the bad weather, and then When It Rains It Pours, meaning, well, that was not just it. That rumble could have covered up somebody moving, somebody breaking in anything the whole house shaking that could be a door opening whilst everything else is going on there's a lot to be well uncovered there and then what was crazy is her coming back to her house after being told she's crazy that didn't happen and then there being a puddle at the bottom of the foot or bottom of the steps where she apparently saw a man soaking wet staring at her that puddle doesn't just get there. There's no leak in the ceiling, or there wasn't that we know of because it wasn't, you know, put in the story. But it's definitely interesting. I would hate for that to happen. And I'm picturing this house kind of like an apartment yeah. building. So thin walls and whatnot. So a thunder definitely makes sense if it's loud enough to shake everything mm-hmm. and everything like just you hear you can hear glass just hitting clanking itself in well it's a, it's a good story it, it was a really good story I, I'd have to say that was like I feel like at the beginning it was a little bit I don't know there was a random word thrown in there I heard an Anne what was it? And bad weather or something? Could be. But other than that, it was worded very well. Um, and if I've... Why am I having a stroke? Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rate it on a scale of 1 to 10. I'd have to say that would be a 10 for me. That would be a 10 for you. Okay. Andrew? I'm young, sorry. He was falling asleep. I was falling asleep, but a little bit of the story that I did hear, and I did hear a little bit of the story earlier when we kind of, you know, were finding stories, and I thought it was a really great story. Just a little bit that I was able to read, and I'm sure if I had more, I'd know more, but 
from what I could tell, I'm gonna give it an eight just because what I did read was really good, but I didn't read the whole thing. So I'm still give it a pretty high rating. Okay, eight's not a, definitely not bad for a scary story because there's so many things to critique when it comes to a scary story. Like one, was there a plot twist? Two, did it well scare you? Three, are you gonna think about this again, or is it just gonna be something that you're like, huh? And then go about your life. Will it keep you up at night? Um, as for this, this is more of a surreal kind of scare, and also would just kind of scary. I in feel general. like the good thing about the story is that it kind of keeps you in like it keeps you on edge pretty much throughout the story, especially whenever she sees that person at the bottom of the stairs. I feel like that is the real turning point and. With the details that we got, I feel like you you're able to see exact pretty much exactly what they explained in the story. Yeah. Like the smiling face with the wide open eyes. I mean, as if they hadn't blinked in days. I feel like you could just see it. Yeah, and with the tattooed seeming like or the smile seeming like it was tattooed on his face, looking at under the bed. I just. I hate and don't hate, you know, for her sake that she fainted right after being face-to-face. I don't blame her, but then what What happened? She's in the hospital room. Good thing she called the cops beforehand, and hopefully whoever that was under the bed heard her call the cops, and that's why they ran off. Yeah. Or did they? They could very well still be with her. Uh, you know? Like, part two... They followed her, or maybe she never made it back to the house, and maybe she read, or excuse me, wrote this story in her car because they made her so that when she went missing is because, well, when somebody found the story, they think it's because she wanted to go missing, so they couldn't find her, something like that. Yeah. Um, there's no telling. But as for uh, my rating, I would I agree with your ten, but I also agree with Andrew's eight, um, because it did give that surreal kind of scare, and also like a this is definitely possible. This is a real story that can happen to anyone. It thunders all the time. It you know thundered today pretty bad. Uh, that was a more than pretty bad. Yeah. For all we know, there could be someone in this house. Well, I'm the I'm gonna be the thing watching you while you sleep tonight. Yeah, okay. That's when I was taking that spot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I'm gonna set in the middle at a nine. All right. Not not leaning towards the eight or the ten, just okay. a nine. It's a pretty good rating. Well. Well, as always, uh, listeners, we hope that y'all give your opinions, your reviews. If y'all have any stories, we'll definitely read those out. Um, you can send it to us on a DM through Instagram. That's a preferred way because if you post your story on the comments here, anybody can see that. They can go ahead and read it. And we want whoever listens to for it to be the first time they heard it on this podcast. That's the goal. But... However it reaches us, it reaches us. Mm-hmm. So for the other podcast, uh, the Krispy Creamsters is more casual, laid-back kind of podcast. Uh, 
our send-off is always remember stay creamy and I've thought about what would be the send-off for this one so for this one we're going to do something well random that we're about to come up with but if y'all have any recommendations feel free so anybody got any input what shall we say maybe stay creepy yeah I was about to say stay always creepy. remember stay creepy it's, I, I mean know. it's like the same thing but Different, you know, and I'll say, bro, until we can get a fan voted, I think it sounds pretty uh, good. Yeah, stay creepy. Okay, stay creepy. All right, then. <laughs> well, I mean, wait, it does kind of sound a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stay creepy, but you know, for this one and maybe the yeah. second one, it will do. So, always remember, folks, stay, stay creepy. creepy.